Welcome to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. Enjoy this new message from Pastor Brian Gibbs. I believe we're on the cusp of the greatest outpouring of the Holy Ghost in the United States of America. to sing this old hymn, August, when I was growing up in church, and it went like this. Don't even try to follow me, Cody. It's going to be a train wreck if you do. But it went like this. It went, um, I shall not be, I shall not be moved. I shall not be, I shall not be moved. Just like a, that's planted. Just like a tree that's planted by the water. I shall not be moved. Well, I've got a new spin on this one. So one of the things you need to know about me is I sing old hymns all the time. And uh, sometimes I'll grab my phone and I'll sing them really funny for my mom or my family. And I'll record them and then I'll send them a voicemail of me, <laughs> me singing these, these hymns. But my new one is, is I shall not be duped. <laughs> I shall not be, I shall not be duped. Not be, I shall not be duped. Just like a tree that's planted by the waters. I shall not be duped. Because this is going online, I should claim copyrights right now for myself. <laughs> I want the royalties to that, right, Cody? <laughs> Hey, don't you appreciate Cody and the worship team? Thanks, Cody. All right, let's, let's get serious. Let's grab our Bibles and go to Matthew 16, if you will. <clears throat> I shall not be duped. Declare that over our president. He's not going to be duped. Let's continue to pray that the fire of God's holiness burns through that Oval Office in the White House and that every line, every, every individual that has pledged themselves to a line demonic spirit, they're driven out by the fire of God's holiness. That they can't take it. Amen. I don't want wicked, scheming counselors around our president. I want him walking in the truth. I want him walking in the truth so that we're not duped. Are you hearing me? I love our beloved America. I'm telling you. I make no apologies. I love our country. I am deeply a patriot. I am deeply a patriot. And I thank God for President Trump. Appreciate those of you that have written me or text me that are enjoying the torch, the new podcast. I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. We're just going to keep growing in that. Amen. Let God use it. We're, we're pointing people to Jesus. Amen. And that's 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 at the core of it. We're not even. We're not. You know we. Of course, we've got a ministry, and the ministry is important, but we're not trying to point people to us or even the ministry. It's about pointing people to Jesus in this critical, critical, urgent hour. So important. Amen. I know you all are with me. I can see all the heads bobbing tonight. You're all in one accord. <laughs> you all love Hondas, don't you? Okay, so anyway, three of you got that. You're all in one accord. You got it. It's bad. It's bad. Okay, let's get serious about the word. Here we go. Here we go. You shall not be duped. Thank you. Thank you. Matthew 16. Matthew 16. I want to speak to you tonight concerning discerning the times, and I know. We, we went the distance last week concerning 
the necessity of godly discernment. I want to speak to you tonight about discerning the times and stay really in the same theme because I believe it's so vitally important to us growing in the Lord. I want to look at the words of Jesus. And Lord, I just, I thank you again for the power of your word. I thank you for the life-giving power of the gospel of glory. I thank you that the anointing flows through the word like rivers. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you far exceed what I'm able to convey, even in the natural, what I'm able to articulate tonight, and that the Word of God just lands right in the heart and the spirit of every individual tonight, and it brings fire. It brings fire from God. Amen. I'm in Matthew 16. These are the words of Jesus. Verse 2. When it is evening, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather, for the sky is red and threatening. Oh, you hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. You know how to discern the face of the sky, But you cannot discern the signs of the times. What a rebuke by Jesus. If you turn just a few more chapters, now I'm in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24. And Jesus gave this unique distinction. You'll remember last last week we spent quite a bit of time throughout this chapter as we began to navigate our way through the word of the Lord. But in Matthew 24, Jesus makes this bold statement. This is such a powerful statement. And I hope that the Holy Spirit uses me to show you something really fresh here. He says, but as in the days, I'm in verse 37, Matthew chapter 24. But as in the days of Noah, as the days of Noah were, so also will be the coming of the Son of Man. For as in the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, marrying, and giving in marriage. Until the day that Noah entered the ark and did not know until the flood came and took them all away. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Wow. How many remember that? It was not Noah nor his sons that closed the door to the ark. It was actually the Lord himself. It says that the Lord took the door and he shut them in. That's what the word says. Now I'm going to grab this scripture to attach to what we're laying the foundation to. And it's found in 2 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5. I need you to see this tonight because I believe this is vitally important. And there's a lot that I could read, but I'm just going to grab for this purpose tonight concerning discerning the times, this portion of Scripture in 5. 2 Peter 2 verse 5, it says that God did not spare the ancient world, but saved Noah, one of the eight people. Notice this, a preacher of righteousness. If you haven't underscored that or highlighted that in your Bible, I encourage you to do that right now. Who was Noah? To God, he was was a preacher of righteousness. You got to hear this tonight. Let it sink into your spirit. God saw him as a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood on the world Of the ungodly. Now, this is so important because Jesus says that as in the days of Noah, so shall the Son, the coming of the Son of Man be. They were they were eating, they were drinking, they were marrying, they were giving in marriage until Noah entered that ark, and then they were taken away. I want to attach this because I believe it's vitally important. If Jesus attaches it and says, that it's going to be as it was in the days of Noah, 
at his return, then that means there will be preachers of righteousness. Come on. There will be preachers of righteousness. I love this scripture, and I've been, I've been hammering this scripture, and I know you've been receiving it, and it, it speaks of Jesus. It's Hebrews 1.9, and it says this description of Jesus, it says that he loved righteousness and he hated lawlessness. Say that with me. Jesus loved righteousness and he hated lawlessness. Here's the rest of it. Therefore, God anointed him above all. With the oil of gladness. That's powerful, isn't it? Speaking of Jesus, Jesus hated lawlessness but loved righteousness. And because of it, God anointed him with the oil of gladness. Can I just boldly tell you Jesus is our ultimate leader and ultimate example. It is time to love righteousness and hate lawlessness. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what the Lord is saying? So Jesus made it a point of warning people about the signs of the end time or the signs of the coming of the Son of Man. Now here's some things that we need to draw out from the book of Genesis. This is in Genesis 6. One of the powerful things that we need to see about the days of Noah and the times in which Noah lived. In the book of Genesis, it makes this clear. In verse 5, Genesis 6, verse 5, it says that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Y'all see that? The wickedness of man was great in the earth, and every intent of the thoughts of his heart was evil continuously. Wow. Are you seeing that? The world was then, it says, filled with violence. And then on to verse 11, it says, as humans corrupted themselves and God's creation. How were they corrupting themselves? They were corrupting themselves with perversions and sexual sins. At the time of Noah, the world was being overtaken with perversions, sexual sins, Men's hearts were continually thinking and feasting or meditating on evil intentions or evil thoughts. Man had become so wicked, the greatness of that wickedness had grown up before God. Now, I, the reason I, gotta, I have to draw these scriptures together is so that we understand when Jesus was saying, look, this is how it's going to be, this is what he's pointing to. It looks like 2020. It looks like 2020. I think many of you understand that the alarms and the sirens are going off. The spiritual alarms, the prophetic alarms, the, the alarms in the natural right now, the alarms are sounding. The sirens are sounding. And I, I, I know something about growing up in Cornfield, USA, in Illinois, about when a tornado would come. And when that tornado siren, Andy's here from Quincy tonight, and I was born in Pekin, Illinois. I remember, I remember the sound of that siren would just, and it would build to that highest pitch. You ever had that experience? It would build to that highest pitch, and the, the, the ratcheting up of that alarm and that siren would start low, and then it would build to that high pitch, and then it would wind down. Was that good for you? Was that good? I really practiced that one a long time. I'm just kidding. But what happens is <laughs> it, ratches, it ratchets itself up and then winds down. And what happens is it's, it's the warning time. But if it's... If it's Fire time, when it, when it comes to tornadoes, what happens is, is that blast, it will raise up and it will stay at that pitch and it will go that duration. It will no longer wax and wane. It will no longer ebb and flow like a wave. It'll hit and that siren will stay on that pitch of blasting the alarm. Are you hearing me? 
What is the alarm saying? What is the siren saying? It's saying imminent danger is coming. Imminent danger is coming. It says danger is coming quickly. It means move fast, take cover, prepare yourself, prepare your family. Get to shelter now immediately. That's what a siren does. I want you to hear that again. It means move fast, take cover, prepare yourself and your family. Get to shelter now immediately. That's what the siren is saying to us. And when a siren is blasting, you're not casual. You're not moving casually. You're not moving slowly, just kind of thinking about it. I remember when we were, Brent and I were away on a trip, Josiah, and this just came to my mind. And I remember the tornadoes were coming through Illinois and the sirens were going off. My mom and dad, I remember, I remember them telling us that they grabbed our kids, scooped them out of their beds and ran down to the basement and put them in that secure location with everything that they had made preparations for and threw that mattress over the top of them under that secure structure. You remember that, son? Oh, that's right. You, that's, I forgot all about that. That's right. He, he, Popo picked you up, just ran you down. You never woke up. Amazing. Well, it is true. This guy can sleep through a lot. But you won't be sleeping during the coming of the Lord. Glory to God. See how I just preached that as a dad? So I just had to do that. It means to be at your attention. When a siren goes off, it means be at attention. It means be alert. Can you hear that in your spirit tonight? We need to be alert. I'm your pastor. I'm your leader. I'm your friend. Some of you are visiting. I'm your new friend. <laughs> I'm your new friend. I'm encouraging you tonight. You need to be told to be sober in this hour. You need to be sober. You need to be watchful. When that siren is going off, it means, it means you are on your watch. You are watching. You get yourself to a secure refuge. You get into a safe structure. You get to those flashlights, those blankets, those, those weather, uh, uh, weather radios. You get all the stuff that you've prepared and you get ready. See, if you're going to set an effective early warning system to save lives from natural disasters, hear this tonight. You must know the key signs of impending danger. You must know the key signs of impending danger, and you must have continuous surveillance. Now, what does that mean? In the Bible, it would tell you, what, is, what does continuous surveillance look like in the Bible? It means that they had watchmen. Did you catch that? Continuous surveillance scripturally looks like watchmen. Those of you that went to Israel with us, you'll remember Doug and Monica and others walking through the ramparts where the watchmen would stand or those with the bow and arrows did those little slivers in the wall where they were, they were ready for warfare on their watch. The, the watchman is the continual surveillance. And I, brother, I, I got to remind you tonight, it is part of the anointing that God has put upon your life when he filled you with his Holy Spirit. He made you a spiritual watchman. He made you a watchman over your life, over your family. Over your region, over your city, over this nation, he made you a watchman. Say amen. amen. Now, many of us have lived in Florida for many years. I left Cornfield, USA in 1991. 1991, I became a freshman in Bible college and came down to Lakeland, Florida. And now I look back and, man, we, we have been through so many hurricanes Think about how many hurricanes we've been through now, honey. Think about how many hurricanes y'all have been through. Think of that. Now, when, it, when our state goes on high alert, I'm going somewhere with this. When our state goes on high alert, preparations start happening. We're all aware of this. Preparations start happening. We're boarding up. Businesses and properties are boarding up. Houses start boarding up. 
Many start sandbagging. We're getting generators. We're getting food. We're getting water. We're getting wood. We're getting all of our supplies. And unfortunately, unfortunately, many times you'll find many Floridians will say, oh, you don't have to worry. Yeah, it's a class five, but it's going to turn into a two. You watch. You watch. It's, it's going to turn. It's going to turn. It's not going to hit us. There's no need to really worry. It turns all the time. It's not going to touch us. How many of you have heard that talk around here? Yeah, you're being honest tonight. We've heard all that. And we're glued to the TV. Uh, and <laughs> when I think about this, I always think of, of the, ominous, the ominous weather channel guy, Jim Cantori. Because if Jim Cantori shows up in your town and he's on the Weather Channel, you better run out of Dodge. <laughs> because you know, wherever he's at, wherever that guy manifests and jumps out of his, his van with his microphone, you know, and puts his feet into the sand, you know that city's going to get hit with something. Jim Cantori. Now, you can go back in your history. You can see yourself watching the cone of the storm, right? You can see yourself watching the cone of the storm. And I remember the last big one. That was a five. And we fled. It was Irma. How many of you remember Irma? And we fled. And we were, we were up. Um, what ministry was that that helped us, honey? It just slipped my Perry Stone. Perry Stone's ministry helped Brent and I. And um, they opened up a cabin for us. We had an amazing time in Gatlinburg with our kids and went horseback riding. And <laughs> but I remember sitting in that cabin and watching the path and watching the path. And I remember some of you fleeing out of here, driving up the state. You remember how hard it was? Now, let's just think of it. You remember how hard it was to find gas? Remember how hard it was to find a gas station that was open? I remember you guys sitting with your dogs in the back. I remember the noise and praying with you guys and getting on maps and saying, if you get off on this exit, there's a gas station down this way and this way. I, I remember that time. I remember you guys driving across the state to escape. You remember that? Driving through the middle of the state. I remember being on the phone with you guys. I remember praying, sitting there by, our, by, by the fireplace in our cabin, praying, praying for and with many of you. Watching the storm. Now, I'm, you, you all know, folks, I'm a preacher of good news. I'm not a doom and gloom guy. But, folks, you have, you have to be sober in this hour. We're in an epic storm. And really, really, when a storm comes, it's like, you all are familiar with this. We're familiar with this. There, there's the outer bands of the storm. The outer bands are, are that ominous gray cloud that comes in and it brings the first patch of storms and power and rain and lightning. All of those, those, those first bands begin to come in and then the power and the strength of that storm really begins to move in and the closer the eye of the storm gets to us, the more the intensity is coming. It's literally like birth pains when hurricanes come. You tracking with me? I got a question for you tonight. Here's, your, here's our question. What are the key signs that we should be constantly watching for so that we're aware of the times and we're able to discern accurately the times in which we live in? That's an important question, isn't it? I remember last week I quoted this scripture. It says, study to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. If, if you can rightly divide the word of truth, you can also, also wrongly divide the word of truth. Doesn't make you a heretic. Doesn't make you a false teacher, okay, or a false prophet. A folks, a false prophet is someone with a wicked bad heart. Doesn't mean that their theology is perfect. A perfect, you know, so when, we, when we look at prophets, it's not that their theology or a teacher that their theology is perfect. Can I tell you this, that I'm not going to heaven because I have perfect theology? And neither are you. 
You're going there because of the blood of Jesus and the grace of God that came through faith in the Son of God. We need to be prepared for what is coming. I want to give this definition again this week, discern. Here's the word discern. We're talking about discerning the times. Here's, here's my definition I gave you guys last week, and you'll remember. It means to perceive or to recognize something. It means to distinguish something. It means to notice or detect something. To recognize it, to notice, to observe or see it or spot it. I made a big point last week that the Holy Spirit, when He releases discernment in you, it's not suspicion. It's not being critical. It's not guessing. It's not on natural terms. It's by the Spirit that we discern. And discernment by the Spirit, you know, the Word and the Spirit will always be in agreement. The Word and the Spirit will always be in agreement. And so that's why we have to be in the Word so that the Holy Spirit can enlighten the Word and breathe revelation and discernment into your heart. You can't be away from the Word of God forever and forever and then wonder why you're not hearing the Holy Spirit. You have to be in the Word for the Spirit of God to breathe upon it because it is life and health to your flesh. It is illumination to your spirit. It is a light into your path. Are you hearing me tonight? I'm talking tonight about discerning and seeing and being able to perceive or recognize something by the Spirit of God. Now, I have some good news. How many of you like good news? Throw your hand up. Can I see how you like good news? We have not been left in the dark concerning the times and the critical hour that we're moving into. God did not leave us in the dark. That Bible you're holding in your hand is the most precious thing that you need right now. God did not leave us in the dark. The answers are found in the Word of God. And I have to go beyond this. It has to be the Word of God with the Holy Spirit as your teacher. The Holy Spirit has to be your teacher upon the Word of God to reveal and unfold revelation and the power of the gospel of glory, including the end times, which hold incredible amounts of mystery, fascinating mystery to them. Anytime I approach the end times, just so you know, as your leader, I approach the end times with great humility. And we should. Great humility. Because Jesus said that no man would even know the day or the hour. He said that was relegated unto the Father. Okay, now, now I'll, I'll fight with people over the blood of Jesus and the cross. But brother, you better believe I'll go to the wrestling mat for right now over the blood and the cross. When it comes to eschatology, you won't find me in a fight. Eschatology is the study of end times. Okay, are you all with me? Jesus told parables. I feel like I need to make this point tonight. Jesus made parables not to hide truth from you, but to conceal truth for you. Jesus told parables not to hide truth from you, but to conceal truth for you. Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2 says, For it is the glory of God to conceal a matter... But it is the glory of kings to seek it out. For it is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but it is the glory of kings to seek it out. Now, why is that important? Because it gives us a simple but profound revelation that God doesn't hide stuff from you. God hides stuff for you. God conceals truth so that as a king, you will begin to seek out the measure of that revelation. Are you with me? That's why Jesus would speak in parables because he wanted the hungry to come and seek it out. Here's another way to say it. Jesus spoke in parables to conceal truth so that only those that were hungry and thirsty would get on the pursuit to actually explore and discover what it really meant. 
to the casual person just listening, they would just kind of shrug their shoulders and like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I thought this, this young whippersnapper from Nazareth had something good, but I don't, I don't, he tells all these goofy stories. I don't get it. You know, people did that all over. Do you know that? They, it just, they, they weren't on Jesus' frequency. But then there was those that were tapping in. You know why? Because they had a hunger in them and a thirst in them for truth. And so then going through the journey or the quest by the Holy Spirit's invitation, we begin to move into the journey to find the real revelation of what Jesus was talking about. Now last week, I talked about discernment being revelation from the Word and the Spirit. From the Word and the Spirit. What happens is when, when you're able to discern, you are able to actually develop a, a significant sensitivity, a spiritual intuition from the Lord. Hear these words again. A significant sensitivity or a spiritual intuition. It's a knowing from the Lord that you're able to actually catch things that other people are missing. Did you hear me? The Holy Spirit will move on you that you're literally catching what a lot of people are missing. I will say this. Discernment is an act of wisdom. It is an act of wisdom. It is an act of detection. I like this word. It's a detection. It marks an insight. It shows you a level of revelation or insight. And I gave this scripture last week. I want to give it again. Proverbs 15 and verse 14. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge. Did you catch that? This is so good. The heart of him who has understanding seeks knowledge, but the mouth of the fool feeds on Foolishness. The point that I made last week and the point I need to make again right here is that revelation doesn't come to people who are casual and complacent. Revelation comes to people who are hungry and thirsty for truth, for the Holy Spirit to teach you. It needs to become your prayer. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Holy Spirit, give me a spirit of understanding. Holy Spirit, give me the spirit of wisdom. This needs to be, I pray this all the time over myself, over all y'all. All y'all. Do you like that? All y'all. It just, it just it reminds me of this guy that said one time, seek and you shall find. He, that same guy said, knock. And it shall be open unto you. The same guy said, ask, and you shall receive. See, you have to be seeking and be on the quest. You cannot be lazy. You have to press in. I'm going somewhere with you tonight. We're talking about discerning the times. Are you okay? You with me still? When the revelational gift of discernment is operating by the Holy Spirit, we gain access into divine information. How many of you want to have divine information? How many of you want to know what is coming? That's right. But right now, we are being waterboarded with so much crazy information. All of us have been plagued and deluged because we live in America. And finally, it took a very bold and brazen... Um, president to stand up and, and basically get the copyrights on two words. It's called fake news. There's, there is so much pandering of propaganda against our minds. There is such a level of, it, it's happening to all of us, folks. No one's exempt. Brian's not exempt. There's a constant warfare that is happening barraging the mind so that you think a certain way or, or a persuasion, it comes your way so that you begin to see what's over here when in reality, it, it's like this. If I can get your attention over here with these five balls in my hand, watch this, everybody. Are you seeing that? Here they are. You don't know what I'm doing with this one. It's the oldest trick in the book. 
But there's all this level of lying, fakeness, propaganda, corruption. And listen, it has taken a toll on all of us. You know, when I was praying, let me go long tonight, please. When I was praying earlier this afternoon for military families, I'm telling you, I was moved on by the Holy Ghost before any of you got on this campus. I was praying for military families, and I, I started thinking about the last 20 years on the war on terror. And what this has done to the very soul and the very psyche of Americans. Then I began to think how sobering it was for military families who have endured 20 years of a war on terror and now look at the filth and the corruption of a civil war right in the midst of our own government. You wonder why people are so hopeless. You wonder why people are, uh, the, the drug ep epidemic and the alcoholism right now epidemic is off the charts right now. It's taken a toll on all of us. But I'll tell you what it's done for me personally. And I think some of you see this and you, but I'm giving just language to it. I want to love righteousness so much that I burn for loving righteousness, but I also hate lawlessness. We have got to hate lawlessness. This wickedness and corruption in our country has to be met with swift justice. Holy Spirit is the one who will teach our heart what is reality and what is fake. The Holy Spirit will never lie to you. The Holy Spirit will never lie to you. How do I know? Jesus said his name is the spirit of truth. His name is the spirit of truth. The Holy Spirit will help us to discern what is truth and what is a lie. Have you ever believed a lie before? Sure you did. And you got what? You got duped. I shall not be, I shall not be duped. <laughs> it's a powerful song. Cody, you want to join me? Just... The way that you, <clears throat> the way that you grow in discernment is not by jumping in a prayer line and having someone pray for you. It's not how it happens. Prayer lines are great. Prayer is great. It's not how it happens. Let me tell you how it happens. Quality time in your Bible. Quality time with the Holy Spirit. What will happen is the Holy, if you spend quality time with God, God will awaken your heart to recognize what is phony and what is a lie. And you'll know it by the Spirit. I remember growing up in our Pentecostal charismatic church. When I, when I was a little boy and we started in the church at that time, 1980, it, we had about 1,500 people in our church. I loved it. It was powerful. We had a powerhouse church. But I remember this statement. They would say, by the Holy Spirit, You'll know down in your knower. <laughs> and that stuck with me. You'll know it down in your knower, meaning you'll know it in your spirit. You'll know it in your spirit. But it happens by spending quality time with God. There's no, there's no shortcuts in this, guys. This ain't about feasting on natural knowledge or maybe conspiracy things behind this curtain here or this curtain there. There is such a spewing of information right now that it is a circus. God doesn't want us duped. God wants you walking in the light, in the light of the revelation of the Holy Ghost. Amen? Come on.
It happens by pursuing the Lord and developing your inner life. You pursue the Lord. You seek, you ask, you knock, and you develop your inner life. Here's another way of saying that. You become sensitive to the Holy Spirit. That's what happens. Now back to Jesus' words in Matthew 16. And we're about there. He consistently criticized the Pharisees and other religious leaders because they were failing to discern the times. This bothered Jesus. Isn't this something? It's good to know this about Jesus. It ticked him off. It ticked Jesus off. They were so, they were so religious, so pious. They thought they, they, they had the, you know, the corner, the corner, you know, on the lot. And he's like, what you don't understand here is like, when evening comes, you say it's fair weather. I'm in verse 2 and 3 again. It'll be fair weather for the sky is red and in the morning. It'll be foul weather today for the sky is red and threatening. You hypocrites. You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. Matthew 24, I'm going to lay this out in a few verses. Signs of the times. Signs of the times. You ready? Say it. Signs of the times. We're going to go. In Matthew 24, verses 4 and 5, there's religious deception. Religious deception. In verse 6 and 7, there's wars and rumors of wars. In verse 7, there's famines. In verse 7, there's pestilence. What does that mean? It means disease epidemics. Think of that. Pestilence means disease epidemics or pandemics. Verse 7 says there's going, to be, there's going to be earthquakes. Verse 9 and 10, there's going to be a persecution of the followers of Christ, including attacks from within the church. That's sobering. You know, it's, it's amazing the tightrope the tight that pastors have had to walk. Trying, I mean, you can't please everybody. How many of you found that one out? You know, every, everybody's got an opinion. They're like noses, right? Everybody, everybody has one, right? You know, everybody in, in our church had an opinion about we're supposed to stay closed. We're supposed to stay open. We're supposed to open now. We're not supposed to open now. We're supposed to hand sanitize. It's not a big deal to hand sanitize. We're supposed to hug. We're not supposed to hug. Did, did you know that in our great church, in this mega church, that that was going on? Do you know it's hard to walk the tightrope? Do you know that every pastor has been involved in this thing big time before the Lord to say, God, what do we do? How do we conduct ourselves with wisdom? Wow. So <laughs> why did I go down that road? Because in verse 9 and 10 it says that there will be attacks from within the church. And I'll tell you what, folks, there... There's a raunchy, bitter spirit in the church that God's going to have to root out. Because pe people want to fight each other all the time. They, I mean, man. Lord, deliver us from that. Lord, deliver us and save us from that. We need to love each other, not fight each other. Amen? Amen. Verse 12, here we go. Jesus said there will be lawlessness. Now, what does that mean? It means a rejection of the law or the will of God. And it becomes a substitution for the will of self. It means I'm going to do what I want to do. Lawlessness means I'm going to do what I want to do. In the book of Judges, it says that they did, they did what, what they thought was right in their own eyes. Do you understand? Are you with me? This is a bullseye description for the generation you're, you and I are living in. Nobody wants to be told what to do. Why do you think 1,500 pastors quit the ministry every single month? Because we're living in a generation right now, people don't want to be told what to do. You all are awesome. I'm, we're, we're good, right? We're good, we're good. I'm good with you. You're good with me. Okay. Yeah. I'm not preaching to singling somebody out. Nobody's mad at Brian. We're, we're good. We really are good here. 
Write this down. Failing to discern can become very dangerous. Failing to discern can become very dangerous. Jesus goes on in verse 14 about the gospel of the kingdom being preached. In verse 15, he goes on to the abomination of desolation. You can find that in Luke chapter 21 as well. But understanding the signs of the times is not just an intellectual exercise. Jesus gave these signs as warnings because he intended it to motivate us to change. Did you hear me? See, this is a prophecy on the Mount of Olives, and we've been there. And I love it there, and I can't wait to get back there. Jesus said these words. He said, take heed to yourself, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of life. That that day come upon you unexpectedly. Watch therefore, pray always, that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass. And stand before the Son of Man. Wow. Hmm. Folks, there are epic battles ahead of us. But there are also epic victories ahead of us. Are you hearing me? Are you still with me? The outer bands of the storm are hitting us. It's not bad news. It's just telling the truth. There's more coming. The frequency of these birth pains are going to continue to happen and happen. And we're going to need each other more than ever. We're going to need each other more than ever. And we're definitely going to need the navigational power of the Holy Spirit in this hour. Now, for us, what does this mean for us? Concerning discerning the times... If we accurately discern the times, what does it have the power, of the do, power to do? If we accurately discern the hour, it could literally launch us into personal revival. If we accurately, did you hear that? Did you hear that with your heart? If we accurately discern the times, it can launch us into personal renewal and personal revival. It could launch us into moving into corporately into a national awakening. It, it can launch us. I need a drink, honey. It can launch us into the greatest harvest of souls the earth has ever seen before. I believe we're coming into the greatest harvest of planet Earth. I believe we're coming into the greatest move of God. Look this way. If we can accurately discern this time, if we will not be spiritually dull, but we can be spiritually sharp, we will be launched into the greatest outpouring of the Holy Spirit before the Lord's return. It's time to be watchful. It's time to be alert. It's time to be sober. But not only to be sober about the signs of the times and world events, it's time to be sober about our own spiritual state. Mary released something tonight when Mary said, the Holy Spirit is grieved. Now what happened is she knew you know and you know and you know her, right? And that bore witness with us because the Lord's heart is grieved. Because people, the, the, there's so much spiritual blindness. You know, we were, I believe Mark prayed that over us when we were in the prayer room that, that, that the Lord would take his eye salve. He was really praying the book of Revelation. <laughs> Almost the entire book you prayed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's really not a joke. But anyways... <laughs> Almost prayed the entire book of Revelation. So, but he prayed this. He said, God, he said, Lord, would you take your eye salve and put it on our eyes so that we can truly see. So that we have eyes to see, eyes to discern. 
We need to see our spiritual state. We need to look at the church. We need to be willing to get before God corporately and repent for the sins of the church for being so spiritually dull and being so spiritually blind and being so spiritually naive. When we access, are you still with me tonight? When we get in here, Victory, and access the throne of the Lord like we do, and we go into prayer, I'm telling you, God's going to use us to move mountains. And it's only going to be, it's only going to be discovered in the light of eternity what we really did. And that's why I keep telling you, do not underestimate the power of what God does when we come together. We're a little church. Right now, who knows what it'll be? I don't have some highfalutin, oh, one day we, we've got to run 5,000. If we don't run 5,000, I'm going to be depressed. Are you kidding me? No. I just want it to be what God wants it to be. That's it. I want it to be what God wants it to be. And my God, in most, most churches that are 5,000, you can't even preach anything near what I preach. You just can't. <laughs> Thanks. We need a vision to see the church as God sees it. Because there is such an urgent need to repent now. Can you hear that? There is such an urgent need to repent for the nation, for the church now. Folks, if we don't, we could lose our country. Here's my prayer. Maybe you'll make it your prayer. I pray like this. God, I don't want anything in my heart to be offensive to you, Father. I don't want anything in my life to grieve you, Holy Spirit. That's the way I pray. I, Father, I don't want there to be anything offensive in my heart. Holy Spirit, I do not ever want to grieve you. Jesus, I want to live to honor you. Holy Spirit wants us to be sharp in this hour. It's not rocket science, folks. It's quality time with Jesus, quality time in the Word, quality time in the Spirit. And all of a sudden, fire will ignite in you. And you'll start seeing stuff. New dreams. New vision. New revelation. Being with the Lord so your heart can be set on, set on fire for Him. I'm about to close. Man, I've got so much. I've got too much. I've got way too much. This is what I want to say closing here. God is not calling us into a season of pressing in. God is not calling us into a season of prayer and fasting. God does not call us into just seasons of pressing in, seasons of intensity of worship, seasons of prayer and fasting. The Holy Spirit invites us into a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. The Holy Spirit is inviting us into a lifestyle of learning what it means to be the ecclesia before the throne of God, the church that Jesus is building, that the gates of hell do not prevail against. The Holy Spirit is summon, summoning us. He is inviting us into that place, into a new way of life. It is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. It's not, oh man, the Lord called me into this season of prayer. No, He's called you into a lifestyle of prayer the rest of your life. The rest of your life. He's not called you into a season of worship. No, he's called you into a lifestyle of worship. He's not calling you into a season of prayer, brother. He's calling you into a life of prayer. And this is where our heart will be set on fire. I'm going to go back to Matthew 24. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to close with this. I, I want to pray this just for a moment. If you just put out your hands, 
And before I read this scripture, I just want you to put out your hands for a moment. I just want to pray this, this prayer over you. Lord, Lord, give us discerning eyes to see. Open, open, I pray, the eyes of our heart to really see reality from your throne. Lord, make our heart have the ability to perceive this urgent hour and prepare our families and prepare us to be bold and take major faith steps to apprehend territory now. Major faith steps to apprehend territory now. In Jesus' name. Somebody say amen to that. So I'm, I'm closing, and I'm in Matthew 24, and I'm, I'm skipping a lot of stuff tonight. Don't be disappointed. We'll get back to it. It just happens, right? Matthew 24, and verse 12. These, again, these are the words of Jesus. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You remember when I told you so much has taken a toll on the psyche of America? So much has taken a toll on our minds because lawlessness has abounded. The love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. And then the end will come. This is where I closed my message last week, and I want to give this charge to all of us. Please hear this with your spirit. Please hear it with your heart. Do not let your love and your heart grow cold. Do not let your heart grow cold. May your heart be set on fire by the Holy Ghost. And may it be set on fire now. Not Pentecost Sunday. Now. Not Pentecost Sunday. Now. I thank God for the prophets. I thank God for the words. But I'm a little put off when it's always over the hill. I'm a little put off. It's always another three weeks and it's always another thing. No, today, 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 today is the day of salvation. Today is the hour of fire. Today is the day to believe. Today is the day to be set ablaze. Today. Don't misunderstand me. I thank God for all the prophetic, prophetic voices, but I'm telling you what, we better be speaking by the Spirit of God. I'm tired of be, being put off. We need to be set ablaze in this hour every day. How's it going to happen? Because we have a line, and we have everybody in the world pray for you. We fly back in Bill Johnson. We fly back in who? No, no, it comes by being with Jesus, the burning man. The burning, eternal man. The son of man. The son of God. The son of Abraham. The son of David. The burning man. You've got to be with Jesus. You have got to be with Jesus. And he will set your heart on fire. And your love will not grow cold. And you will be able to discern through all the muck and the mire. You'll be able to see clearly in the dark hour. Mary made, made something for our ministry this week. And it, it says the devil is a liar. I don't know how many of you saw that. I love it. The devil is a liar. But actually, you had to look through the, the, the smoke to see the wolf behind that image. There was the eye of the wolf. You had to look really good because that's how the wolf comes in. He's always under the cloak of darkness. The devil is a liar. But Jesus gave us the spirit of truth. He said he'll not only be with you, he'll be in you.
And you're going to be able to see your way through this dark hour. You're going to be able to discern what is coming. I'll tell you what, folks. If we're here, if we're here when the Antichrist comes on the scene, the church is going to be able to discern exactly who it is. And you know, there will be many in the church who will be scoffing those who discern who it is. It'll be a civil war and a fight from within. All the scoffers will come out. You talk about the coming of the Lord in this hour, the scoffers come out. You know why? It's because we've had so much stupid stuff going on in the church for 20 years that a real gospel hasn't been thundering from the pulpit. All of the stupid fluff that we've been teaching, all this self-help guru crap. Crap in the Greek means. I'm going to do a three-part series starting on it next week. You don't want to miss it. All of the cotton candy, all the popcorn, all the fluff. It's amazing, the scoffers. Folks, we are living in the last hours of the last days. Is it pre? I don't know. Is it mid? I don't know. Is it post? I don't know. I have a persuasion. (laughs) But I'm telling you, I'm telling you, folks. God's going to open our eyes in this, in this generation and in this decade to Bible prophecy that we're going to know more than we've ever known. And the clarity that's going to come to the body of Christ is going to be stunning. I was praying about, I guess I'm going to close with this, but I was praying about what to name the new podcast. And I kept asking Brennan and the kids, I'm like, what do you think about the torch? They were like, Josiah really wanted it to be called the lion's den. (laughs) The lion's den. (laughs) He loved that. I said, make your own podcast. Call it the lion's den. (laughs) But then the Lord gave me a word when I was in prayer. And I I wrote it in my journal. And this is where I want to end tonight. We need the torch of the Holy Spirit's presence to make it through this midnight hour. We need the torch of the burning presence of God to make it through this midnight hour. Because very soon, the friends of the bridegroom are going to begin to cry out, Behold! Behold! The bridegroom cometh! Make yourself ready! Behold! The bridegroom cometh! Make yourself ready. Prepare yourself. He's coming. Just as he promised. And that's when the friends of the bride began to work with the bride to adorn her and get herself ready to go out and meet her beloved. For the marriage supper of the Lamb has come. And the Spirit and the bride say, come Lord Jesus. We're we're living in the greatest hour of human history. Let's stand tonight. Cody, go ahead and join me, buddy. It's been a powerful night in here, hasn't it? It's been a powerful night in here, powerful night in here. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that you're preparing us for this hour, Lord. Thank you that you're preparing us for the victories that are just ahead that we're about to apprehend. Thank you that you're equipping us. Thank you that you've given us the the full armor of God. You've suited us up for this hour. Thank you for giving us your spirit. Thank you for filling us, God. Thank you, Jesus. You've done it all, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Prepare us, Lord. Prepare us for the day of battle. 
prepares for the day of exploits. God prepares for the lion's share of victory. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in us and in the earth as it is in heaven. Lord, I just pray you kindle every heart tonight. You burn in every heart. You draw us to fresh intimacy with you. Draw us to fresh, special intimacy of the Word of God and the courtship of the Spirit, the communion of the Holy Spirit, the fellowship of the Spirit, and the presence of Jesus. And bless your special time with the Lord this coming week as you get alone with the Lord in your Bible study, your times of devotion. I bless that in Jesus' name. Your times of devotion, your times of just breaking open the word, of worshiping quietly before the Lord in your house or in your drives in the car around the city and around the region. I just bless your time with the Lord. May the Lord celebrate you this week. Pray for great victories just to manifest for you. Great favor from the Lord. God's great pleasure being revealed upon you. And I strengthen you in the name of Jesus. I strengthen you. May the Holy Spirit nourish you and gird you up. And I bless you in his holy name. Amen. Thank you for listening to Victory Church of His Presence Sermon of the Week. For more information, go to our website at victoryfli.com.